Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. On this outstanding episode of the Behind the Mask podcast, we top it up about the NFL 2021 draft, the winners and the losers, who you like. Also, does draft position matters? Then we will briefly touch on the perception versus the reality when you walk inside of an NFL locker room. Last but not least, you know, your gear has to be right on draft day. Some people did it well. Some people didn't. Here we go with this again, man. You're always trying to throw shots. Anyway, man, check this out. We're going to have a great episode. All the players living a lifelong dream, making to the NFL. NFL Draft 2021. Behind the mask, we're going to tell our stories too. Let's go. Let's go behind the mask. Welcome to this draft edition of the Behind the Mask podcast. I am your host, Takeo Spikes. And I got to call in my player partner, too. What's happening? What's going on? It's your favorite plus size by the two-ton Reds in the building. Spice, what's good, family? Man, everything is good, bro. Like, this day never gets old. Even though we yeah. may get a little older, but draft <laughs> day never gets old. We're going to do a draft day recap, briefly talk yeah. about it. We don't want to cover the coverage, but we do have to address it. Most deaf, most deaf, man. It's just one of the the most polarizing times of the year. Remember, we back in the days we used to go to New York and do the fundraisers for Beyond the Burrows and, and get it in and, and raise some some charities, raise some money for charity. But the whole process was enjoying the first round of the NFL draft. The whole draft for that matter, because these players, these young men have an opportunity to, to change their lives as they know it, fulfill their dreams, make it to the NFL, be part of that one point six percent of athletes that play football to make it to the NFL. Yeah, and uh, it's, it's the, and, and and they are subject matter experts mm. when they come in, in, into this draft, man. And, and I look at a lot of kids who are um, – they, they made a lot of big steps. Now, yeah. I will say this. I was a little disappointed. The girlfriends didn't give me exactly what we wanted. <laughs> like, and you know that, too. Yeah. Like, yeah. I was hoping to see some girlfriends steal the show, knock mom out the way and get the hug first. <laughs> I think, I, you know, the best one I saw, of course, we got to address C.D. Lamb. Like, mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. was funny. Bro, yeah, that, that was, was classic. Funny, bro. That was classic, yo. She tried to reach for the uh, for the cell phone, and C.D. was like, nah, yo, you you, you know, you, you, you chill right there. Just hold what you got right now. <laughs> <laughs> Just relax. Just relax. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, dog. But without further ado, let's jump right into it. Yeah. Who were the biggest winners and losers, in your opinion, of the draft? Oh man, I think some of the uh, some of the teams, but a lot of teams. Obviously, when you go into the draft, what you want to do is address your needs, uh, things that you didn't do quite well the previous year. But I think for right. me, one that stuck out, uh, I like your former team, the 49ers, man. What they did drafting Trey Lance, quarterback from North Dakota State, you know, addre addressing the need. And I think one, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, he was supposed to be the, the savior for for the 49ers franchise. Got banged up a little bit. Um, when he when he plays good, looks great but sometimes gets inconsistent. Of course, and with the injuries, you never know what that future is going to hold. So I think what they're going to do, what Shanahan's going to do, is now you got a rookie, North Dakota State, just lit it up, even though it's a lower, I guess a lower level of competition um, in D1, you know what I'm saying? But he's still polarizing. Nice, can get it done with his arm, strong arm, and can is a mobile quarterback. So I think that was great. And of course, the Niners addressed the need. Running back, 
running back room was flooded out there in San Fran. However, they don't have any running backs that rushed over 700 yards last year. So now you go to Ohio State, formerly from University of Oklahoma, formerly from Sprayberry, uh, Yellow Jackets right here in Kennesaw, Georgia. We're talking about Trey Sermon. You know what I'm saying? Did his thing in the national championship, or excuse me, all the way up to the national championship before he got injured. Right. But just a, a dynamic running back. And I think people really slept on him. For the Niners to be able to get him all the way in the third round and address the need when you want more depth and to challenge some of the veterans that are already in that locker room, you can establish that run game and you have your heir apparent at the quarterback position. So I think the Niners in a real good position. So that's totally one team that – yeah, yeah, that's one team I really like what the Niners did. And I think standing in that division, NFC West, man, I think for me, the Seahawks, bro, like – Russell Wilson, the rumors after the season last year were that he didn't want to be in Seattle anymore. Why? Because the Seahawks did not address protecting him. One of the best quarterbacks in the NFL when he's upright can scramble and still make the plays, but who wants to scramble 30 times a game? You don't want to do that. It's not conducive to a productive career. And I think we saw with Russell Simmons, Russell Simmons, Russell Wilson's uh, decline, you saw that. And um, the Seahawks, they only had three draft picks this year. They didn't trade up, and they literally sat there and drafted another wide receiver. You already got Tyler Lockett. You already got DK Metcalf out there. You know, shout out to Extras. You know, he he's solid, solid receiver. But why do you need another receiver? It don't matter if you got another receiver out there if you can't get the ball to him because your quarterback can't stand up right. So I think the Seahawks is really disappointed in terms of getting some protection to help out there for Russell. Um, you know, they, they, it's going to be an uphill battle for them, though, bro. What oh, about no, you? What no, you no, no, doubt. no doubt, bro. And I, I feel the same way. Even when you look at the Cincinnati Bengals, I feel the same way when I when I think about who really could have done better. And mm. listen, it's a toss-up because at the end of the day, if everything works out, they can be looked upon as a genius. I understand why they went out and drafted Jamar Chase with mm. their pick. So early top five pick, but uh, top 10 pick overall, but my thing is, is this. The, you get Joe Burrows, he's reunited with Jamar Chase. Great yeah. talent. Love the pick of him mm -hmm. himself. But your quarterback is only, or the receiver, is only as good as the quarterback will allow him to be. Therefore, that quarterback has to get him the ball. Right. And if he can't get him the ball, that means something is wrong with the protection. I felt like they should have went ahead and, and got Penny – uh, the, the offensive tackle from Oregon, Penny Sewell. Sewell, yeah. Mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. he should have been their first number one pick. Obviously, he was the top-rated tackle in the country last year in college football. I love the way that he plays, very athletic, powerful, and I think he's talented enough to be able to be switched in certain positions. Not saying that they mm -hmm. will use him that way, but that's how highly I think of him when you talk about super talented. Now, yeah. my biggest winner, or somebody who impressed me for the draft too, I, I must admit, um, and I'm tired of hearing all of the New York Giants fans. They are always <laughs> including you, your former team. Yeah, but you yeah, gotta give sure. it up to Dave Gettleman now. He went yeah. out, he he traded back two times. I was surprised when You look too, at man. the first two, two rounds, first two, no, first three rounds. He traded back two times and still got quality players. First pick, Kadarius Tony, wide receiver out of Florida. Listen, he's a big play waiting to happen. 
70 catches last year for almost 1,000 yards, 10 touchdowns. Bruh, he's a problem, yeah, right? No like, like, he's really a problem. So they're really surrounding or really building up the offensive side with a lot of chess pieces. And then yeah. I think also he's the linebacker rush in that's coming out of Georgia. Mm. Aziz Ojolare, bruh. I know he dropped, and I really thought he should have been a first-round pick because this dude has been very disruptive. Now, word word is, you know, some people was not sure because of his physical that he had that he took, and mm. he tore his ACL in high school. Doctor James Andrews actually cleared him, and so I don't know why he fell as late as he did. But what I will say is this: I think the Giants made some super moves. And they addressed quality positions. And when you look at that division, overall, the NFC East, ain't nobody really running away with it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. damn near every team was close to having double-digit losses. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So when we look at from the previous year, so when we look at it and I look at it overall, they still picked up some more draft picks to build mm-hmm. up the war piece for later. I thought they did a great job. So – We'll make sure we we look out for these cats moving forward, bro. Yeah, man. Yeah, you you wish them all the best. You know what I'm saying? Um, the, the thing about the draft that's so, I guess, compelling for for these kids that's coming out, and even for you and I, it's like one day you're living in one area, and the next day you're in a completely different region. You know what I mean? You don't know where you're right. going. You don't you 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 have an idea because you talk to teams, you go through the draft process, uh, the combine process, pro days, et cetera, interviews. Um, but you never really know, you know what I mean? So I guess my, my thing is, for me, our situations were, were, were starkly different. We talk about it all the time, but does it really matter where you get drafted? Because I mean, my opinion, you're reaching your lifelong dream since you were a kid. So does it matter if you drafted early, drafted late, where you go? Does it? Of course it does. You kidding me? And, and, and this is the reason why. Like, I get it. You know, some people may think, Well, as long as you get in, like, you good. Like, it's what you do with it now. And, yes, you are right. But let me tell you what comes along with the expectations, I would probably say, of why it matters. Because I went first round, 13th pick, to the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, The first thing why it matters is, like, yeah, it's your lifelong dream. But look, bro, like, Man, my family was in debt. And Mm. so I changed the family trajectory, not just for the immediate family, but for generations to come, the security of knowing you got the bag. And so (laughs) when I think about that, bro, like that's huge for me. Like it's it's huge. I had the opportunity to to have my draft day. Back then, in 98, they was they were not inviting everybody to the draft like they do now. Mm-hmm. They were only inviting, like, the top five picks. But for me, I spent my draft day experience at Planet Hollywood. And, mm-hmm. and you know, back, you know, that was the big thing. And that was a joint, yeah. Shut down the whole joint, everybody bamming on the windows outside. I brought all of the family there. And, bro, it was just cool to be able to experience you know, getting the phone calls, Atlanta calling, you know, Chicago even called saying, you know, hey, it might be a possibility. But Mm -hmm. 
you know, all in all through it, man, that's the reason why it matters because I changed my family trajectory. And then also you have a little ump about you. Like I like the pressure or people expecting like, you know what they say he can ball. I like yeah. that. Like it, 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 it gave me a little edge walking into that locker room because I knew I had to earn the respects of the veterans and we'll get into that a little later, but the, my expectations walking in, it gave me a chip on my shoulder and I was like, you know what? I'm not going to disappoint either. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. And, and you know what? I think in the beginning it matters, right? So to your point, you, you went 13th overall, but we had this conversation. You thought you were going like 10th, I think to the Falcons or 12th to the Falcons. Right. Yeah. So, you, you know, I guess if you want to call 12 to 13 slipping, OK, we can do that. But the reason I say that it really doesn't matter is the flip side of that to where once you're in that locker room, once you get drafted, once you get that phone call and my situation was way different. I was at my mom's house uh, down here in Georgia and I was waiting for the phone call, too. But the difference is why I say in the beginning it matters is I was in projected to go in some publications in the second round, late second round, early third round, right? Right. And when you see your name on that ticker on Mel Kuyper's best available and your name is up there, you're like, I'm getting, I'm getting ready to go. I'm coming off the board. But it went from the second round, which back then was the first day, the end of the first day, all the way to the fifth round. So that's like the third day, bro, second or second or third day. So imagine you're waiting, you're seeing your name on the ticket, best available, and it's just not happening. That's like brutal, it's excruciating. You know what I'm saying? To the point where I, I literally left everybody. We had a party at my mother's house. I left everybody, went upstairs, and um, finally got a phone call from New Orleans, and they said, you know, do you want to come play for the Saints? I was like, hell yeah, you in shape? Hell yeah, I'm ready to rock. You know, so that part in the beginning, yes, it matters. Yes, I didn't have the second round money thinking that, you know, to your point, you can get your family out of debt. Yes, when we come into the NFL, chances are we are the first generation millionaires in our family because a lot of us just don't have that generational wealth. I yep. get that. So in the beginning, it matters. However, when I look back at it and I'm like, 10 years later, played in the NFL for 10 years, right? Didn't play the entire time, but I was on an active roster for 10 years. I look back to all of the tackles and guards that were drafted ahead of me in my last, my 10th year. I think there was one or two players. Chad Clifton was one, and I believe Cozy Coleman. The only two players that still stood the test of time and duration. All of these players that lasted ahead of me. So that's why I say it doesn't matter. And there's still one player that was drafted in 20, in 2000 that is still playing today. And he got drafted. Wait, who would that me. might be two times? He got drafted drafted after me and he's just won a Super Bowl Tom Brady that's why I'm saying that draft position does not matter you know the other person that played like 13 years from 2000 and 13-14 years who Sebastian Janikowski a kicker kicker that went first round got drafted first round Tom Brady in what the sixth round yeah. And he lasted 20-something years. That's what I'm saying. It's a matter of what you do with it when you're put in that position. you got an opportunity to play. Again, it's our lifelong dream. We love what we do. And the difference is, what do you do with it when you get in that locker room? What's the perception versus that reality? Because the perception is, yeah, you're a first-round pick. You know, you're the one that's buying all the cookies, buying all the, all the chicken, buying all the donuts. You know what I'm saying? Paying $20,000 for the, for, the, uh, for the team dinner. I'm a fifth-round pick. They was like, nah, too. you know what? We got you. I got Willie Rofe behind, uh, in front of me. I got Kyle Turley 
in front of me. My brother Wally Williams is like, what you going to do? You ain't beating out Willie. Kyle just got drafted in the first round. You ain't beating out him. Naoli's a first-round pick. They just paid him. Jerry Fontenot is a center. You can't snap. And he said, they just broke me off and gave me a bunch of money. So you damn sure ain't beating me out. So he said, you know what you are this year? I said, what? What? He said, your ass is a well-paid spectator. (laughs) (laughs) He said, make your money. He said, make your money. Have fun. Party all you want. Make sure you make curfew. Don't get in no trouble. And learn the game. Because your ass ain't playing. Bar in the act of God, you ain't playing. And guess what? I ain't played that first year, bro. At all? I ain't sniffed the field. Second year, the same lineman will back. You got Hall of Famers up there in, 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 in first round picks. I ain't played that second year. However, when I finally got on the field and started playing, made the best of my opportunity. But it's what happens. What's the perception versus the reality in that locker room, though? Oh, no doubt, bro. And, and like, I think about, you know, the perception is when you walk inside of that NFL locker room, bro, it's like, I, I, I got off of, you know, cats looking at me like, all right, let me see if this dude really worth his salt. Right. And like that did it for me. Now the perception is you're supposed to be able to play, but the reality of it is, you have guys inside of the locker room who are looking at you and they will let you know it's at least one on every team. And I remember we had this guy, man, in Cincinnati, Bernard Wilson. Mm -hmm. He did not care. He was the previous year. He went first round as well. He did not care who you are, who, who you were, what position you was drafted at. He did not care. He was going to call it like he saw it. Yeah. And I I remember walking in day one. I went to took a visit to Florida State, actually met Bernard then. Mm-hmm. But this dude was like, soon as I walk in the locker room, all right, Spikes. Spike, we don't see if you can play some ball today, boy. <laughs> we don't see if you can play. And yeah. I'm like, you know, and not everybody is like, all right, damn, he calling them out. I'm like, why you think I'm here? Yeah, I, you, you, y'all would not have brought me here if everybody else was doing what they were supposed to be doing. Matter right, of fact, you right. not even brought B. Simmons in either. So, mm-hmm. you know, so now it really raised the antenna. So when you talk about perception versus reality, the re- reality of it is, is this. Even though coaches are patient, they are very patient. GMs yeah. are very patient. But the players want instant success right now. Yeah. And that's that peer pressure. That not only he put on me, but even after some preseason games, you know, we would pause the tape and we'll be watching and like, mm-hmm. we would just check out and be like, Spikes, what? I remember one time I missed a tackle in a preseason game. And no, I, mi- I messed up when I had a bad uh, play. I did not know mm-hmm. the place. So I just looked like a chicken with my head <laughs> cut off out there running around. And I remember he was oh, like, come stop, stop, stop the tape. And I remember him saying, Spikes, what the fuck are you doing? Man, you look like a chicken with your head cut off out there. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's hard critique, but you you can't be soft. You know what I mean? Like you gotta be able to take it and run with it. And and so that's the biggest thing that I, I saw as a reality check. It's like every day when you walk on that field, every day when you walk inside of that locker room, every day when you're inside of that meeting room, you have to prove yourself. And yeah. I think that's the beautiful thing about it, the accountability. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. And what happens is whatever you perceive yourself as, like I've said in the past, everybody was nice wherever you came from in college, right? 
if you were in the in the in the SWAC, chances are you were all SWAC, right? If you were in SEC, you were all SEC or all American, whatever it is. But it's almost like you got to press the reset button on the video game once you get to the NFL, because everybody's nice in the NFL. You know what I'm saying? So you do got to hold your weight. You got to prove yourself over and over again. And I think one of the things that I, I do recall when you talk about the perception and reality, you kind of had an idea that you knew that um, you had an idea that you knew that you were going to make the roster, right. right? Yep. I remember I played the first preseason game, as all the rookies do. I played the second one. Third game, I didn't even think I played. So I don't think I played. So by the time the fourth game came, I was I got an interview. I had an interview before the fourth game, and one of the reporters was asking me, "How do I feel about my chances of making a roster?" And I'm sitting there like, "I know I just ain't play, so why are you asking me this now?" So I'm like, "Y'all know something I don't know. Maybe this is part of the game. Maybe I'm not going to make it." You know what I mean? So I'm sitting there like, "Well, you know, it's up to the coaches. I know I've done what I could do to to, to get out there, um, but we'll just see how it goes." So that fourth preseason game, I, I did my best to go off. Went against John Randall, yo. I don't know what, yo, man. He, when I say you shook me out. You held your team, own bro. against John Randall, didn't you too? I'm gonna tell you how they, this is how they got me. And this is something for these rookies. This is how they got me. So so again, all the veterans don't play in the last preseason game, right? Yeah. So they had one of the I think Wally had went out there, but then right before the game, he acted like he was gonna start. So right before the offense went out, he just came to the sideline. He was like, Yo, two, get in there. I'm like, I thought I was gonna get in there with the you know, the twos or whatever. I get out there, John Randall's out there. Now, we on a third down, so it's about to be three and out, right, if we don't get this first down. Man, I get out there, John Randall comes off the ball, ooh, shakes me, gets on the inside, right? I'm playing guard. So he gets to the inside, and literally, if he would have kept going, he would have sacked the quarterback. But he stopped, started laughing, and jogged off the field and just looked back at me. I was like, yo. He gave you a gimme. He gave me he gave he gave me mad love, yo. And I was gonna wait for he, for him to come on the podcast to tell him that. But my rookie year, he was obviously a Hall of Famer, incredible defensive tackle. But it just showed me how fast the game is. One thing you can't do, even if it's the preseason, you can't let up because these dudes is coming. These dudes is coming, man. And and I got back to the sideline, everybody laughing like, yo, you ain't know it was like that, huh? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like, nah, you know, you're going to get the twos and the threes, you're killing them. But John Randall, he's a rookie. I was like, yeah, man. So I'm just glad that it worked out in my benefit. But, you know, it's, it's a blessing. You know, everybody, all, all, all the young players out there, your life has changed forever starting this weekend. You know what I'm saying? You're getting out there, live a lifelong dream, something you aspired to do since you was a kid. Embrace it. But this is only the beginning. I think this is one of the best times of the year. We talk about free agency. We talk about winning the Super Bowl. We talk about week one when this NFL season starts. But the draft is another dope time of the year, bro. Oh, no question, bro. And and, and like you said, they should enjoy it. And it's a huge, it's monumental what they have been able to accomplish. But if it's one thing that I wish, I don't even wish, like, we don't have to because we going behind the mask. Mm. The one lesson that I I, I want to send to the, all of those guys who the trajectory of their life, generational wealth, mm. they're going to attain it now and they can change all of that. But yeah. the thing I want to leave with them too is this. It's cool to have fun and I'll mm -hmm. never tell you what you shouldn't do with your money. Right? Like, well, I ain't going to say I won't tell you what to do with the money, but I will say this. 
just know this. Anybody, like if you want to be that baller, you want to be that guy who got the bag and have longevity in the game, listen, man, I dare you to be different. And this is what I mean. Anybody who's bringing in X amount of money, anybody can go to Vegas. Anybody can go to south of France. You can do whatever you want to do. And it's cool. You can blow a lot of bread. We've all done it. But my challenge to you is this. Anybody can spend money when they're making it at that rate. Mm -hmm. But the true definition of balling is when you out of the game five to 10 to 15 years and your lifestyle is still the same as it Mm -hmm. was when you were playing. Mm -hmm. So now that puts the responsibility back on you as an individual to know, hey, I'm not telling you you can't have fun because you should. I know I did, but what I am saying is this. If you really want to be known as that baller and you want it to be sustainable, hey, man, instead of you going out picking up tabs the whole night for everybody, man, take some of your partners and everybody bust it down at the end of the night. You know what I mean? Like, that's preserving some of that bread, man. And then at the end of the day, when you out of the game, you good. You ain't got to worry about, you know, depending on somebody else or saying, mm-hmm. oh, this person did this to me. Yeah, watch your coin. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, watch your coin. Most definitely. Most definitely. I have anything to say, we say this all the time, know your personnel. You know what I'm saying? Watch for the people that when you do when you do go to those dinners, watch for the people that, you know, have to conveniently go to the bathroom or, or get on their phone and start texting when that bill comes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, know I'm your personnel. Yeah, yeah, you know, know your personnel, man. Watch those people because those same people that are comfortable riding the wave, you know what I'm saying? When you surfing in the, in, in the beginning, when it's over, they, they might not be the same people that's going to give you a life jacket when you're drowning, bro. So know your personnel, you know what I'm saying? Embrace it, love it. Make sure your family is good and all of that. Embrace it, man. And it's a, it's a journey. It's not a destination. You It just it literally just started. Yep, and it can be true. taken away from you the next day. You know what I'm saying? So... Happy for everybody. Love the draft. I'm still cool with where I was drafted at. You know what I mean? I know you took my first round pick and all of that. Yeah, yeah, all that, all that's good. But uh, you know what I mean? At the end of the day, it's a lifelong dream, and, and, and you're still part of that fraternity, the largest yes. fraternity in the world. 1.6%, less than 1.6% of people that play uh, football, high school football, make it to the NFL, and that's just crazy. So definitely embrace it. Oh, no doubt, bro. And last thing, too, I, you know, I was G'd up on my draft day. I had the suit on, <laughs> the custom suit. And I just, like, and I just thought about this because it matters, right? Yeah, That's the yeah, reason yeah. why I had mine like that. Yeah. But I just want to, like, what was your outfit like on uh, draft day? I had a white beat on, bro. I had a white beat and some shorts You had a on, what? I had a tank top and some shorts on, bro. And, and I remember your draft pitching. You know it's crazy. Like I said, it, it was a stark difference in, in in situations. You know what I mean? You knew you was going first round after that first day passed. And you know I had my I had my jeans on my 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 nice outfit to go out that first night to celebrate. But after I didn't make it, we still went out yeah. in Atlanta, went to Buckhead, hung out, whatever. But the next day, when I'm seeing all these guys pass and I'm still not getting picked, I just woke up and started watching the draft by myself in my mom's room. I literally had a tank top on. And I went up there by myself. I'm watching it. Like I said, the Saints call. And it was just me and my mother in the room, everybody downstairs. And when my name came across the ticket, everybody roared. 
ran upstairs. And my son, Ty, he was probably one and a half at the time. He wasn't comfortable walking up the steps. They literally, everybody left him downstairs in the, in the, in the, in the living room. And he, he's sitting there crying. I'm like, yo, go get my son. Go get my son. So I'm crying and everything. But, you know what I mean? At the end of the day, yo, we still made it. Longevity, you know, 10 years for me, 15 for you. My my swag wasn't all that. Your suit and your suit was a little bit baggy. You had the Steve Harvey suit, so don't act Settle like you was that fly. I did not don't have a Steve like Harvey suit. Fly, it was in between. <laughs> Let's get the record straight. Oh man, no doubt. You still here though, man. So you know, it's always a blessing, bro. Always a blessing, man. We really appreciate you guys joining us to hear us go behind the mask on the draft day edition, NFL twenty twenty one. So now, this is what you need to do. Make sure you subscribe. Click the bell for notifications. And make sure you tell a friend to tell a friend. Also, leave some comments. Let us know whose draft day outfit was better, me or Tequil. You can also listen to the Behind the Mask podcast on your favorite podcast platforms. Make sure you follow us on social media as well, at the BTM podcast. You know we're bringing you that heat all season three and remember on the behind the mask podcast there's only one rule there are no rules so we'll wipe me to anywhere Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.